another episode of It Was All a Stream. I'm Chris Sachs, here alongside my cousin, Neil Carroll. Welcome back, everybody. Another episode, a special day. It is a family affair today because yes. we have my cousin and your nephew, AJ Balbo. What's up, everybody? I'm excited to be on. That's right. Special, special guest. <laughs> we had to bring in the big guns because we don't have any more Mandalorian to talk about. This is true. This is true. We're, we're improvising and adapting as we go. Key to survival. So Excited to help out. Let's get into it. Yeah. That's right. That's right. We are going to start with rolling or trolling. And because there are three of us, we'll try to make it somewhat rapid fire. Yes. So starting off, this from IGN, the Michael Keaton DC Universe rumors have been clarified. So there was a big rumor that Michael Keaton was going to be taking over and having his own series um, returning as Batman. Mm. The possibility of Keaton suiting up to play Batman again has been addressed after a recent New York Times profile sparked speculation that the actor will become the new Dark Knight of the DCEU after his perspective role in The Flash opposite Ezra Miller's Barry Allen. The reporter behind the piece has since clarified the paragraph about his potential involvement. He says in a tweet, I was referring to the one film, meaning The Flash, um, that Keaton has been announced as being in, not a set of his own Batman films. If I had any info on him beyond The Flash, I would have obviously put it in my article. So, guys, are you rolling or trolling with them not giving Michael Keaton the franchise back? They haven't given him the keys back. There was a big swell of rumors that people wanted it, but here's, not quite. Here's the thing. I'm going to let you and uh, AJ take this because I have the correct answer, and I'd oh, like to go last okay. and, and deliver that. So you carry on. AJ, go for it. You're the special guest. You special guest. <laughs> well, uh, I am, of course, rolling with this. Uh, I'm excited. I love the old uh, Batman movies with Michael Keaton. He's definitely one of my favorites. Him and Christian Bale have always been two of my favorite Batmans. So I think of Batman, uh, those are the two I think of. And um, Michael Keaton, I think he's a great actor in general, and I think he's got a lot to bring to the role. And uh, I, I'm glad DC is going in this direction because I feel uh, Batfleck wasn't clicking with everybody. So I feel like this was the right move on their part. That is a good answer. Yes. Well yeah, I, explained. I, I guess I am going to... I'm going to roll with the... Slow roll with the idea of him making a more permanent return and kind of having his own franchise if they do it the right way. Cause I think the, the way that they would need to go with this um, and kind of what people were like calling for all the big DC fans on Twitter and stuff, we're really hoping that meant that we were getting a Batman beyond series. So if that were the case, then like, yeah, that's awesome. Let's do that. So it's a rolling with that idea, but otherwise, like, you know, 
we have we have a bunch of Batmans right now. I think it's fine that he's guest starring in the Flash, and uh, the the old the you know the Batmans that he was in they're they're great. So I don't with DC's track record recently, I don't want them ruining Keaton Batman. See that last part of your your comments makes sense that you don't want them to ruin Batman. Here's the correct way to go about this. I am trolling this news. I'm trolling it hard because DC, while horrible, needs to grow them some stones and needs to do what's right. And here's what's right. A, total system reset, throw out everything, start over. B, great way to do that is to introduce Michael Keaton in this flash abomination that they're about to do. Get him out of there as quick as possible and spin off into his own movies. This is genius. One of the uh, most successful cartoon films they've done is Dark Knight Returns, uh, parts one and two of the cartoon. One of the most successful uh, Batman iterations in um, uh, comics, Dark Knight Returns, old Batman. People want to see this. All right. Michael Keaton is absolutely in that age group where... He's obviously too old to be an, a super action star, but given the right equipment, could go out, you know, kick a little ass, uh, take some names, and be absolutely interesting to watch and provide just enough humor, because that was his chosen profession. He was a comedian. Provide just enough humor to make it all make sense. Because even his two movies, his two Batman movies, it's like, yes, we're taking it seriously. Yes, this is, you know, the darkest Batman we saw up to that point, because before that, all you had was Adam West. But also, it was, you know, we're going to do this. But his Bruce Wayne was funny, interesting, and a completely different, you know, character than Batman. Bat, uh, it was almost yep. like Bruce Bruce Wayne. I said Springsteen, I think. His Bruce Wayne was <laughs> an affectation. Like that was the, the uh, what sort I'm looking for? That was the mask he was wearing, not Batman. So I want to see uh, Michael Keaton in his own Batman movies. That's the way to revive DC. Let's go down that route. If I had longer to talk, I definitely would. So uh, I do just want to know, Michael Keaton is 69 years old. Michael Keaton is a national so, treasure. I know he is, but I'm just saying, like, he might not want to have like be championing a full Franchise? Batman return as opposed to doing like a Batman Beyond type situation I where he doesn't love, have to be out. Like, I love Michael Keaton. Doing but let's be stuff. real. Let's be real. The phone's not ringing like it used to. Keaton's and if they still backed doing up, stuff. he's getting Keaton's plenty do of work. Keaton's doing stuff. But is he, is he, you know, is he making Mr. Mom money? Is he making Batman and Batman Returns money? All right. Is he, is he, in, I'm just saying, He's doing if they fine. back we the can, money truck, can... if they back the, the DC money truck up to his house, are you going to tell me he's going to walk outside and say, oh no, not for me. I'm not saying he's not, but I, I'm just saying, I don't think the prospect of him having a standalone Batman movie again, I don't think that's a realistic thing. I think well, I'm trolling your opinion of Michael Keaton. I, I think just, he's ready. I, I think he's ready, he's willing, and 69 able. 69 years old. That's the new still 52. Keaton. That's I right. He's still he's Michael, Michael Keaton. Keaton, but you know, geriatric Batman. Um, all right. We have two 
interesting Marvel rumors, both coming mm. from a place called Murphy's Multiverse. Um, he seems to have a little bit of an inside scoop and some sort of source on this. Word. So, first is on early Christmas morning, he was notified that Joseph Gordon-Levitt has recently been in contact with at least one of the creatives at Marvel Studios. So, I ask you guys, are you rolling or trolling with the prospect of JGL joining the MCU? And if you could come up with someone off the top of your head that you think he should play, who do you think it would be? Huh, I might need a second with this. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, do uh, AJ, you want to weigh in? I'm trying to think who he could play. I mean, do we I, have to do we have to limit it to people we haven't seen on screen, or can it be anyone? You probably have to limit it to people we haven't seen yet, right. because if they already exist then in the MCU, I don't think they'd be reca- recasting. Yeah. All right. Um, but or the idea of him joining, let's start with that. Are you rolling or trolling with that? I like them in. Uh, Dark Knight trilogy. I like them there. Um, I think overall he's a good actor. I think Marvel knows what they're doing. I mean, they've proven they know what they're doing. So I'm going to watch whatever Marvel puts out either way. So I feel like I got to be rolling with it. I, I'm i going to roll with them putting him in. I did not like him in uh, Dark Knight Returns, but... I feel like that was a product of what they were trying to do with him more than it was him and his acting. I just, I didn't like, I didn't like what they were doing with him in it. And, and he didn't, he wasn't given good material to work with. So I'm not holding it against him. I am rolling with him being in Marvel. And I think that he might make an interesting, let's see here. I think he'd make an interesting Spider-Man villain, but I've got to come up with... That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Maybe like a goblin of some kind. A goblin of some kind. Or or, uh, what's his name's like son? Remember he was was deformed. Uh, The Kingpin dates back to the 90s cartoon. He was a main character. Oh, it'll come to me. Chris, I know you're a big Marvel guy. So I'm rolling with it because I think he's an awesome actor. He's, Mm -hmm. He's really good in a lot of stuff um i think he's versatile so he could play a lot of different types of roles um some of the stuff that i was thinking about and that i saw a little bit online one the rumor is because they announced fantastic four they think he Uh. might be in play for one of those roles i think he would be a solid reed richards i think he could even potentially play a dr doom um potentially Um, I think more likely though, what I think fits better is someone like a villain like Neymar because they have his rights back. That could be interesting. I'm also somewhat intrigued by him maybe down the road playing an X-Man character. If he could bulk up, maybe he could even be a Wolverine. 
It's interesting because Wolverine is supposed to be a shorter person and he was, he has the stature, but like you said, he'd need to bulk up a bit. I really don't see him uh, as a Reed Richards, or I don't even really see him as a uh, uh, Johnny Storm. That is a, that's a difficult thing to cast. Uh, The shame of it, and I know we've talked about this, you know, personally and maybe on air, the shame of the uh, Fantastic Four movies is, the first two were cast perfectly, just not made in a time where they could be impressive. Uh, the sec, the remake was cast miserably and done and was miserable. Yeah, and was miserable. So that's a difficult that's a difficult task to do. Um, I think that as a as a person, like I want to put him in like an Ant Man type role. But because I feel like he could do that, I feel like he could be kind of fun and interesting while also being uh, intense. But I'd, I'd swing the other way. I'd cast him as Angel. And I know we've seen two versions of Angel on screen. Uh, so there's obviously no continuity. We've seen him in the X-Men verse. We've also seen, well, we've seen two versions rather, excuse me, in the X-Men verse. One in the original trilogy and one in the second with uh, McAvoy. But I think he'd make a good angel because he's kind of like uh, he can do brooding. He can also be charming. And that character Gotta has get him all in that, that blonde wig. He, he'd have to die. The blonde her. locks, flowing locks. But I think he'd yeah, make I'm, a good angel. I'm definitely getting villain vibes. I feel like he'd be a good Marvel villain. I just don't know which one. Um, I'm trolling anybody other than Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. I mean, I know he's someone's going to do it. I concur. Someone's going to do it. I concur with your troll. Guys, that's yeah. it's inevitable. It's one of those things. Actors age, man, and you got to give other people chances to to play roles. That's what they he, are, their roles. He has found the serum. Um yep. all right, again from the same source. Um yep more MCU news that um, a character named Elijah Richardson. Oh, sorry. Sorry. The actor Elijah Richardson, who I haven't heard of before is joining the cast of Falcon and winter soldier as the character, Eli Bradley, Eli Bradley, probably we don't know him very much. He is better known to comic fans as the Patriot and part of the Young Avengers team. So the reason why that's significant is because it seems like throughout all of these series, they're building the roster for Young Avengers because we have now him cast. We have um, Cassie Lang has been cast in Ant-Man 3. Um, That's Scott Lang's daughter. You have Haley Steinfeld is playing Kate Bishop in the Hawkeye series. Uh, You have America Chavez has been cast. She's appearing in the Multiverse of Madness. There's apparently rumors that in WandaVision, we may be getting uh, characters called Wiccan and Speed. I guess they're the younger versions of Quicksilver and, uh, and Scarlet Witch. And Miss Marvel is getting her own series in the fall. So are you rolling or trolling with the prospect of having a young Avengers team brought to the MCU? I'm rolling because I think that's, that's what they need. Uh, the old Avengers are 
dying out, getting tired, moving on, ready to do something else. They, they gave us a decade. They've earned their retirement. Um, so they want new kids that they can, they can ride for uh, another decade. Here's the interesting part. Are they going to back up the money truck? Like, did they kind of screw themselves with that? Because when they started Marvel, they were notoriously frugal because it was new. It wasn't huge. It wasn't a hit. So when they had these first couple movies come out, they got some, you know, there's some no names. You know, Chris Evans wasn't a big name when he became Captain America. He was around. He was in a lot of teen movies. He was doing stuff. Not a huge name. Didn't have to pay him a lot. Robert Downey Jr. was seconds away from relapse in prison. So they were, they, I think Robert Downey paid them to be in the movie. Um, now he's, I think, one of the most highest paid actors out there. So I, I'm curious to see how they're going to handle that. I think it makes sense. I think they have to go this way. Uh, I'm a little sad because while I love all things comic book and all things Marvel, I'm certainly aging out of the young anything group. So it's going to be a little rough. Chris Pratt was doing a live stream for charity and he brought on Tom Holland and they were chatting it up and Pratt let drop that he was going to be flying to Australia, I believe this week, uh, to begin filming Thor Love and Thunder, confirming that Star-Lord is in Thor Love and Thunder. Are you rolling or trolling with that appearance? I'm, I'm rolling. I'm... Yeah. I Look, I think this might be a communal role. Uh, Chris... Which Chris is that? Pratt. Chris Pratt is doing a fine job. There's so many uh, of them. I know. Including me. <laughs> doing a fine job. Funny. Uh, has his moments of emotional intensity. Definitely uh, fits perfectly the mold of the Guardians of the Galaxy. I think that adding him to the Thor franchise, which took a noticeably and intentional turn towards the Guardians style when Thor two crapped out. Um, I think this is a perfect marriage. I like this. I think it's going to work rolling. I'm rolling all things, Chris Pratt. I watched him on uh, parks and rec as a fan. Then um, I think he's hilarious in guardians of the galaxy. And, um, and like you said, with uh, Thor Ragnarok, they took a more comical turn and I, it paid off really well. Uh, for him like Thor Ragnarok is my favorite Thor movie so far because of the comedy and like I said I'm a big Chris Pratt fan so I'm rolling with this one for sure definitely I don't think I need to add any more to that I think you guys covered it I'm rolling with it as well Um, rolling I think it's gonna be awesome um moving on Michael B. Jordan is officially (sighs) announced to be directing Creed 3. Let's explain the problem. Okay. So one, Creed was a great idea because it was uh, totally fan-driven. It's the, and we used this uh, a couple weeks ago as an example of when fan art works. Okay. Creed 2, emotional, did what it had to do. You know, we get it. 
do we need this to become the next Rocky? Do we need five creeds? No, we don't. And quite frankly, it was primarily placed to learn from Rocky. Be careful what you wish for. Stop making sequels. All right, Rocky 1, Rocky 2, excellent. I'm partial to Rocky 4, largely because I think he single-handedly defeated communism, and I'm willing to defend that theory. So, But when we get to Rocky 5, there's problems. Michael B. Jordan, I also find uncharismatic and, and just uninteresting. Like, he did his stint, uh, uh, and he's doing a good job as Creed, but... I don't, we don't need a director. Like I, I, I don't see this going well. Okay. I, uh, AJ, you, you go. And then I have a lot of rebuttals. I feel like I'm kind of caught in the middle with this one. you said slow roll earlier in this episode. I think I might have to go with you there. Cause I was a huge fan of the first two creeds and uh, the second Creed, I actually remember like people clapping in the theater as I was watching that movie. And in both those movies, I'm a big Rocky fan too. Uh, so especially, I, I like watching these movies. I'm just kind of the same concern my uncle has here. I'm a little nervous that if you keep trying to make more and more Creed movies, you're going to lose the magic that you had in the first two because mm-hmm. it's a very cool feeling like people clapping in the theater is a very cool feeling uh, that this movie like made people feel as you're watching them fight. Uh, and I just feel like if you keep doing that. I don't know how many you could get out of it before it starts. Good. So, you've you've pushed me to roll hard for this <laughs> one michael b jordan is incredibly charismatic he does a great I job do. in the creed movies he was a great villain in black panther he's been acting since he was a child when he was in the wire and friday night lights like he's mm-hmm. grown up in this he probably should have gotten a nomination for fruitvale station his his role in that but that's you know another discussion um two these movies listen you you're worried about them being able to continue on or whatever it is but one they've done great justice to the original rocky franchise while also bringing it into the modern day and still honoring it but giving it a twist and with uh, Sylvester Stallone and Rocky passing the torch to Michael B. Jordan and Adonis Creed. Sylvester Stallone directed Rocky movies. I think this is a logical step. He was the star of the franchise. He began directing them. I like that. That's what Michael B. Jordan will be doing now. He's now he's take, he's all in. And I like that he's all in, he's doing, He's following a, the blueprint that Sylvester Stallone left for him, and he's going to continue on with that. So that's why I like the idea of him directing one of these. There's a, there's a dramatic distinction. Stallone wrote Rocky. That's he how he went the from obscurity he to... directed the later ones. Oh, I agree. I agree. 
but he was a writer first and he, he played the character he wrote and that's how he did put this whole thing together. Michael B. Jordan might be the greatest director ever. A lot of actors have acted and then become excellent directors. Uh, Clint Eastwood, number one. Um, so I'm willing to root for him. I'm just saying, I don't really see it. I... And he's so lucky. He's so lucky that he got cast and started filming Creed prior to the release of Fantastic Four, which came out in the same year, 2015, because had Fantastic Four come out, his career ends. Evidence of that is Creed hits, and then he doesn't really do anything huge until Creed 2. All right. He's in Black Panther. In between? Yeah. Wait a minute. I'm double, I'm fact checking. Uh, okay. Black Panther 2018, Creed 2, 2018. All right. Hey. So he was cast same, same year uh, around the same, same time. Same year around the same time. Yeah, right. Well, you're saying you're willing uh, to root for him. I'm willing. I'm definitely rooting for him. Like I said before, the first two Creed movies were really cool experiences in the theater, and I really like those two movies. It's just I I hope that. Uh, Creed 3 can create like the same magic of the first two Creed movies because it happens all the time where people are just trying to keep remaking movies and it loses the magic. I just hope that I am 100% rooting for this movie to be good because like I said, I really like the first two Creed movies. I really liked all the Rocky movies. It's just I'm I'm a little worried that if they keep pushing at it, it may not hit the same. That's this is my opinion on. So I'm not Agreed. I'm not trolling it as hard as you are. I'm just <laughs> you're slow rolling it. I'm just slow. I'm just That's got my nothing wrong crossed. with that. Yeah, just got my fingers crossed going into the theater. Is all I'm saying. Um. Okay. Well, that pretty much wraps up rolling or trolling for us. Um, we are going to move on. We are going to keep AJ on because I think he can help us out here. So we are doing a little segment since it is the new year. Officially, we are in 2021. Um, we have come up myself and Neil with some resolutions. Yes. Not for ourselves though. (laughs) Because why why resolve to do anything ourselves? We're already What's fine. What's the fun in that? Yeah. We need to come up with some resolutions for some of the big entertainment franchises and, and streaming platforms out there to make sure that we keep them on the right track. So Neil and I have come up with uh, resolutions for Netflix, Amazon Prime, Disney Plus, Hulu, HBO Max, Marvel, Lucasfilms, Star Wars, DC. And then we each had two wild card picks, meaning that we could choose any anyone that we feel that we didn't mention in that list that needed a resolution as well. So yes. let's start with Netflix. And then AJ, I would like for you to chime in to let us know how you feel about the resolutions that that we're giving these these okay. places 
So Neil, let's start out with Netflix. What was your resolution for Netflix? So my resolution was, and this was after uh, a quick viewing of the history of curse words, which is genius. Um, absolute, absolute genius. Um, my resolution is that they need to, and I was going to say, continue to employ Nicolas Cage because I think he's actually doing some of his finest work. He's, he's like interesting, but not over the top creepy and, and crazy. Like he, he's, he's more like himself when he was in uh, uh, Snake Eyes or Con Air. So here's my resolution. Netflix needs to resurrect some B-list actors' careers and give them shots like this Nick Cage shot. So Nick Cage found a whole new life on Netflix. He did like 11,000 movies last year, all of them straight to Netflix, straight to streaming. Um, I think Netflix needs to become the uh, savior of B-movie actor careers. The, the platform for forgotten yes. actors. So that I like you, that. And you it's funny that in. you mentioned that too, because I just saw yesterday or two days ago that David Spade is like resurrecting his career. He's going to have yes. a talk show on Netflix. Yeah. The after Netflix party or something. Yeah. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I actually had listened to that and it was very entertaining. Um, they had, I think, uh, the people from Cobra Kai and uh, Bill Burr yeah. on there. I'm a big fan of Bill Burr in general, but uh, I think David Spade did a good job. It was a very entertaining uh, show to watch. Spade uh, has turned himself around. He's come back, I think, yeah. and, and through things like this. He had a TV show himself. Yeah. Now he's got this thing. I like it. What's your resolution, sir? So my resolution for Netflix is that they let the algorithm breathe a little bit. ease up on the algorithm what i mean by that is they rely so much on their internal stats that it dictates what they keep around what they cancel what they make more of and things like that they're pretty good with making a lot of new stuff and you know hiring big names to make shows for them and things like that but it seems like they're very quick to cancel things Indeed. Probably more so. It used to be that Netflix was the savior for shows, right? right. Where it would get canceled and then mm-hmm. maybe a streaming platform New like Netflix there. would pick it up, um, similar to what they did with Cobra Kai. But they actually, I believe their shows only average like two or three seasons. Okay. Overall, I think it's three seasons, which is not a lot. So they don't give their their shows a lot of time um and that's all due to whatever statistics they're using um so i think maybe just ease up with all the the money balling that they're doing over at netflix and kind of just do some fun stuff or keep some stuff around just to keep them around and a bunch of those are just quick uh like 10 episode seasons so i i definitely agree with that like more more of these shows is definitely not a bad thing. So I, correct. I'm definitely with you there. I feel like. Absolutely correct. Moving on to Amazon prime. 
Amazon. Um, this is a very simple one. Um, I'm a big Amazon user. Uh, they opened up a, a factory in my town, okay, a warehouse. Uh, so we've become an, a kind of an Amazon city. Uh, there's trucks out at all hours uh, delivering things. Uh, I'm a big Prime user. And I like Amazon's accessibility because you can like type in a name and then you have all of the options, whether it's viewable, buyable, rentable, you know, there's always a way to get it via Amazon. However, my resolution for them is that they need to fix their homepage. It is difficult to navigate their homepage. And I'm going to use a newcomer to the streaming services, HBO, as a bench watermark, a high watermark. Um, they, they codify. So like, there's a thing that says Lord of the Rings and then you click it and then you get all the Lord of the Rings movies. There's a thing that says like Star Wars and uh, you know, you get all the Star Wars movies or whatever is available. I'm using that as a, an example. I know they have Lord of the Rings. There was something else that I'm drawing a blank on. Amazon needs to get a little bit more efficient. They're too big for themselves. Like get them, get more efficient is my, which is ironic because they're the biggest company in the world, but like, and successful, but they, they need to fix their homepage. They need to make it a little, just a touch more user-friendly. I, I, feel Amazon is pretty user-friendly as it is. Outrageous. Um, Chris, cut the boy off. But, <laughs> but I will say HBO Max has quickly uh, rose to maybe my favorite streaming service. Yes. No matter what it is I'm looking for, HBO Max seems to always be the only thing that has it. Mm. So I'm definitely, definitely a huge fan of HBO Max. Neil, I actually do have to agree with you. I think the Amazon like Prime Video is kind of all over the place. All over. There's always like there's it's relies heavily on you knowing what you want to watch and having to search it as opposed yes. to whatever's going on because then they mi mix in stuff for rent versus what's available for free on Prime and and stuff like that. It's it's just it's kind of a jumble that homepage to me it's like the opposite I, of the algorithm i guess it's interesting that you say that because nine times out of ten if i'm using amazon i already know what i want to watch mm. so I, it, I maybe that might be why i don't agree with that as much maybe it's because okay. i already have an idea what i want to watch when i go to amazon well, my resolution is actually specific to, it's funny that you mentioned Lord of the Rings. Mm. Um, Amazon Prime is supposed to be releasing their Lord of the Rings television series Hello. at some point this year. They, um, That's right. they bought That's right. the rights back in 2017 for $250 million, just the television rights. And they already made a five-season commitment. That's the production is going to be worth at least one billion dollars that they're going to be putting in to this show on top of the two fifty million they just paid for the rights of it. Um, so my resolution for them is to make sure that the Lord of the Rings series 
is Lord of the Rings and isn't Game of Thrones. Oh, well said. Very just very well said. I think that's going to be really important because they yes. did get this when they bought this. This was at the height of Game of Thrones hype. Um, and so my worry is that they're going to try to recreate the success of Game of Thrones without recognizing the success they already had with that ori- original trilogy that they did. Um, don't make it all politics like Game of Thrones was. Give right. me like a fantasy adventure like the Lord of the Rings movies were. Definitely. Definitely. I don't have much to say on that one. I, I'm not a big uh, like mythical uh, guy, so I'm not... Oh, maybe we have a suggestion for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, Disney Plus. So Disney Plus, here's... Yeah, this is why I found it interesting that you put Lucasfilm on there as well. Um, my Disney Plus resolution centers on Star Wars, and it's simply this. I want them to review their plans. And after we talked about you, you did the announcement. We went over all the shows that they were going to come out with and go right to Disney and all this other stuff and some movies uh, in the mix. I'm not sure we need all of them. And I want them to review it in the context of the Mandalorian's success and not in the context of the Mandalorian was a success. So everything else will be. Like, figure out why Mandalorian worked, who's your audience, what are they going to see, and then maybe we need to cut back the amount of shows and focus on making three or four really good ones. That's yeah, I think that kind of goes into what my resolution for them is, and that's not so much for them to cut back, but for them to come through on all of the original content that they're going to come out with this year. Um, I do think like it, it's kind of necessary for them to do this and do this big wave. I know it seems like a lot at once, but when you really look at the amount of original content that something like a Netflix has made, They've, you know, they're even catching up with like Amazon Prime's or original stuff, and Disney is trying to compete with them. The only hit, the only real big thing that Disney had for a full year, aside from what they, you know, all their movies that they already had and television shows that they just already put on there, the only new hit was Mandalorian. That was it. That was the only Correct. original that was really had any traction. So they really need more stuff. So I think it's important, but if they're going to do all that, I just want them to come through with it. Like, make sure that it's it's good, that we're going to get more good than bad out of all of it. Agreed. I, well said. Yeah, I definitely see the concern. And maybe it's because I'm blinded a little bit because I'm just, I see all the Star Wars stuff and I'm getting real excited in anticipation for it. Um, but I'm someone who watched like the Clone Wars series and I love the Mandalorian series. So just where I'm seeing more and more Star Wars, I just get more and more excited for it. But I do see where you guys are coming from with that. I do see the concern there. 
Let's continue on in the same family with Hulu. Hulu, and I'll, I'll again lead the uh, charge here. Hulu has to ask me if I'm still watching after five episodes. Okay? They just have to because I will put on a show that has nine seasons when I lay down to go to bed. And then when I wake up in the morning, I Love Lucy's on because we went through all nine seasons and I Love Lucy was next in line and we're on to that. They have to ask me if I'm still watching because then I've got to go back and figure it out. Netflix is great at this. Netflix will check in on you and, right. and care about you. It's like, hey, yep. did you die? <laughs> Are you watching? Do you take a little nap? You'll come back to it. We don't want you to miss this. I think Hulu needs to take a lesson in caring from Netflix. And that is my resolution for Hulu. I like that. That's I a good you, point. Um, mine is for them to keep as much of their syndicated shows as possible because we're seeing so much like for instance the office just left netflix and went right. to peacock because it's an nbc show and we're seeing much more of that hulu has kind of always been a place where they have a lot of TV, specifically current shows that are currently airing, they'll go on to Hulu the very next day, kind of regardless of what um, channel it's coming on. So uh, my resolution for them is to try to keep as many of those shows as they possibly can and not you know, prevent them from being exclusives to Peacock and you know, the CBS app or whatever it is. Agreed. I, I get that. Um, normally, I when I use Hulu, I use it as because I don't have cable TV. I so I use Hulu as like my streaming service uh, instead of cable. Um, but I will say, like the other day, I wanted to watch The Neighborhood, uh, but they would only have like one episode of The Neighborhood because it moved to Amazon and it moved to some of these other streaming services. I. I do hear you there. So I, I agree with you. HBO Max. HBO Max. Um, fast becoming my favorite streaming source. Uh, I'm a big TV show watcher, so Hulu kind of really was, was the number one for a long time. HBO is user-friendly. Uh, it's new. It's exciting. It's got movies, like good movies that I like. So my um, re resolution for them, I actually can't read. <laughs> Early felons of meteors. That sounds like um, a sentence. Yeah. Continues early bellows of monies. All right. So I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to decipher my writing. I'm going to pivot to you, Chris. Okay. I'll start. HBO. I'll start on this one. I this is more reiterating a resolution that they kind of made. I just want them to, to follow through with it, and that's to you know keep their promise to release their 2021 movie slate, theatrical slate to the app because there is still 
that possibility that they only do it for the first half of the year and then they change their mind the second half of the year and make them all theater exclusives. Um, so I would like for them to follow through on their resolution that they made and not be, you know, that streaming service that says, oh, I'm going to get in great shape this year and then gets a gym membership and then stops after a month. Agreed. Funny that that's your resolution. Mine is similar. It's to, and here's, here's where we, we got lost. Continue early release of movies, not continue burly felons of money, <laughs> but yes, continue early release of movies like, and I cited wonder woman because while it was hot trash, um, it was good that they released it to streaming sources. You know, it was in theaters, it was in the streaming sources, because for as long as we're going to be in this quarantine, and quite frankly, I think for the next year until people get comfortable going back into a movie theater, um, I would like that to continue. You have a movie, you release it, like you said, stick to your plan, but I want to see more of this, and I want HBO to be the beacon that others take their example from, and they release things to those sources as well. That's what I want to well, see happen. Like I said earlier, HBO Max has quickly become my favorite uh, streaming service. So, uh, yeah, just keep doing what you're doing. Um, keep doing what you're and, doing. And it was cool that, like, Wonder Woman would have been, like, a big, even though it wasn't the best movie, but would have been a, like, blockbuster movie and you would have gone to the theater. It was cool that they released it on HBO Max and you're able to just watch it in your living room that was that was pretty cool but i would say just keep doing what you're doing hbo let's move on to the mcu mm. so uh, because you're a resident mcu kind of person here resident professional expert do you want to lead off or do you want to cap um i can i don't mind leading off okay let's let's do Okay, so my resolution for them is to not postpone anymore. Ooh. So I think there's a fairly good chance that by May 7th, when Black Widow is supposed to come out, we're, we're not going to be back for theaters. Right. Like that's, that's not going to happen. So put it on Disney Plus if, if that's the case. Like, stop postponing. Like, we we went the longest we've ever gone without any sort of MCU content. We're finally getting it back next week with WandaVision. And this is going to be a year jam-packed with MCU stuff. I don't want to have to wait again. It's a self, it's selfish of me, but, like, come on. We've, we've, we'll have waited a year for Black Widow. They're going to have to put it on Disney plus, even if they do it, the Disney premiere access where you have to pay 20 bucks or whatever it is. Um, re release it. Don't postpone it again. If movie theaters are not ready for when black widow comes around. Absolutely. I like that. I definitely like it. Um, mine has to do with a little shout out back to our youth 
Um, there's a character. There's a character in Marvel. And I know we were talking about Marvel characters earlier, but I didn't think that Joseph Gordon-Levitt would fit this. Um, I want to see the MCU do a really kick-ass version and bring justice to Craven the Hunter. All right? What an excellent comic book foil villain yes but also like and you know one of those one of those like uh michael keaton um i can't think of the character he played now i'm drawing a blank uh vulture, uh, vulture. vulture. michael keaton yep. vulture type characters too it could be so i'd like to see that i would like to see them do a really great job of craven the hunter we certainly have enough um enough characters out there that he would want to hunt for their abilities for their animal-like tendencies um you know he definitely goes after spider-man because he's a hunter and there's a spider-man or at least that was the conceit uh of the yeah. of his arc and the comics and the spider uh, spider-man cartoon so i want to see him do a good job with that introduce yeah, and do a good job that could be interesting too because there's going to be multiple spider-man Yes, to be hunting potentially if he is the villain. We've gotten all of this news on who's going to be in Spider-Man Three, right? And but we haven't really gotten the main villain. We know Doctor Octopus is coming back to some capacity, and so is Sandman and and Electro and all these people. Um, But I wonder if they're going to introduce anybody new. You'd think they have to do that. So that would be interesting if Craven was in it. Agreed. And Craven, he usually depicted as a like bigger, bulkier guy, but I, I think I could see uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt playing Craven. I think, I think he could do something interesting, perhaps uh, with that role. Yeah. yeah. Um, one thing that I actually want to talk about Marvel that I'm super excited for is uh, the Wanda Vision TV series. Yeah. Um, I like old sitcoms. I, I've sit and I've binged a lot of old sitcoms, and it seems like they're going that kind of direction with Wandavision, and I, I can't wait. I'm excited for it. I agree with you. I think that's going to be a fun aspect. Oh yeah, I, I'm with you too. We have, again, like I said, this is the longest we've gone uh, since having any sort of Marvel. And it comes back next week, and it's crazy to think that we're we're less than a, you know, or we're just about a week away from it. And I'm sure for our next pod, we'll be doing a little uh, preview, recap, yeah, and and stuff of of what we we're gonna want from that series, um, Lucasfilms or Star Wars universe. I know you kind of hit touched on one piece of it, so I did got another one. I do, I do, I've, and it's very specific, and it's it, it it's slightly controversial. So he sold Lucasfilm to Disney. Now Lucasfilm Correct. includes uh, Indiana Jones as well as Star Wars. Okay, letting people don't like older people right. like us know that that was a Lucas baby, and he partnered with Spielberg. A lot of people just think it's Spielberg and, and Harrison Ford, but that's a Lucasfilm thing. Um, Here's my resolution for Lucasfilm. Include more 
Lucas. I think that was the problem we faced in some of what we've seen. Now, the argument, like I said, it's controversial. The argument will be, hey, he directed the prequel trilogy, and that was kind of a mess. Uh, yes, that's a whole nother podcast where we defend or refute or fight that battle. But he's been a, quite a significant presence, by all accounts, on the Mandalorian set. And you know, he visited, and there was pictures of him visiting, but he has given advice. He's given uh, his opinions. He has recently gotten very chatty about all his thoughts and how he would have done a, a, a sequel trilogy as opposed to what they did. There's been a call to uh, take this current sequel trilogy out of canon, bring him back and have him direct a whole new trilogy. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm a believer that that's the way to go. I'm actually pulling for that. So my, that's my resolution for them. Include more Lucas, more of that less of everything else so mine is for them to keep giving us new things i i know like ahsoka and a lot of the stuff comes from clone wars but for many people that's all new and it seems like that's the direction like we've now gone back we've done the entire skywalker saga it's great that they brought luke back for for the season finale of mando that was awesome but the new stuff that they've given us is really great so like you look at something like um like the mcu right they can give us all of these pre-existing characters but they all feel new because they haven't been in movie form yet so they have this entire universe to work from star wars you're starting from scratch the the only things you had were from the movies you don't have you know decades of comics that originated star wars you know what i'm saying so you can create new things and do new stuff with it so i would like them to continue doing that like the mandalorian like that's such a big hit and that was all you know for the most part obviously mandalore exists and stuff like that but it was a wholly original story and that's what i think they need to lean into with uh with the star wars content that we're going to be getting i concur Interesting you say that because I have a lot of opinions with Lucasfilms. Um, but I'll keep it short. What I would do is I would take John Favreau and I'd put him in like the Kathleen Kennedy uh, position because I mean, he knows how to start a universe, he played a big role in like the first Iron Man movie and he helped uh, with Marvel a lot. Uh, and uh, he knows what he's doing with Star Wars. He's one of the co-creators of Mandalorian. And he, the, the thing is, he's a fan. So he understands what people want to see in a Star Wars film. So I, I would give him a more important like role in those movies. And uh, Dave Filoni, who he's a big, I'm a huge fan of his. He created uh, the Clone Wars. And he's the other co-creator of Mandalorian. Um Dave Filoni gets like if you ever just sit and listen to an interview of him talk about working under George Lucas or work or talk about uh, their original films, he gets it. And he is another one who's a Star Wars fan 
and he knows what uh, people want to see. So I'd, I'd put him in a big uh, position, like maybe a head writer of like one of the movies or have him contribute more. And I'd have the, uh, like that. John Favreau contribute more to these it seems uh, It seems like they're going in that direction too, because like him, uh, Favreau and Filoni seem to have a really good like partnership and do a lot yeah. of good stuff together. And I believe they're all in some capacity um, involved with all of the Mandalorian spinoffs, which is good. So if that's the start of something to where those two are kind of combining to into some sort of like Kevin Feige role, um, yeah. that would be kind of cool. But also, you know, Kevin Feige has been brought in too. Um, so you're, we're probably, this is the start of the, you know, the, universe the cinematic universe now for star wars um they're gonna try to follow that marvel formula and they have the guy who created the formula in the first place really two of them because obviously like you said favreau started with iron man as well um at the helm so i think that makes total sense dc Yes. From one plague, <laughs> we launch ourselves into another. DC, EU. Here's what it is. And, uh, you know, maybe it's harsh, but they need to go back to square one. Total system reset. That is what they need. That's their resolution from me is to just let's wake up. Let's realize it's a new year. Let's kiss the mistakes of the past goodbye and leave them in the past. Time to start over. I saw something uh, about Henry Cavill returning, getting jazzed again about Superman. And I tell you, I've not, oh, I've not felt so defeated and saddened since the first reports of this vile scourge uh, reached our shores in America. And I'm talking, of course, of his immigration to this country. It was, uh, I just don't like what they're doing. They need to go back to square one. I have the same exact resolution (laughs) for them, that they need to scrap their current shared universe plans and just go back to the drawing board. It's funny when you say DCEU out loud, it's fitting that their mm. acronym kind of sounds like DCEU. DCEU, yes. Um, because that's how bad they've been. D-C-E-U. So I, um, yeah, I, I'm in agreement with you. They just got to go back to the drawing board and, and start over because it's not, you know, they're, they have maybe two or three good franchises within their current universe right now. And they've already spoiled one of those, which was Wonder Woman with their last movie. So yes. now they've got like Aquaman and Shazam left, which like those movies are good, but they're not like, they're not great. You know, they're not universe. Yeah. Builders. builders. I 100% agree. Um, one big thing that I have to say about uh, the DC universe is 
and these kind of are going down this path a little bit is focus on just doing more standalone movies instead of trying to be Marvel and create a universe. Because you have uh, like probably more popular superheroes than Marvel. I mean, you got Superman and Batman. Like those are like the first two that come to your mind when you think superheroes. Correct. And it's just that they're so different and you're trying to just toss them all in together so quickly. I personally would do a cheesier Superman. I know I've told you guys this. I would do a cheesier like Brandon Routh style Superman and then I might come out with a standalone R-rated Batman movie and just kind of just focus Try on each movie instead of trying the Marvel formula. And the other thing is I've already heard that they're talking about like they know what villain is going to be in Wonder Woman. And it's just rumors, but like they already um, are planning like next the next Wonder Woman. I feel like you got to take it slowly because Wonder Woman was like the home run for them out of all of like the uh, superhero movies that they've made. And the last Wonder Woman movie they made wasn't very good. So you can't you can't take like the one good superhero movie you have and then just keep trying to pump them out fast and then just end up making bad movies. Yeah, That's I think correct. you take a step back, you think about it and really plan out what you want to do with certain superheroes. Very well true. said. All right, we've got a couple wild cards now. Um, so my first wild card is resolution to MGM. Mm. And I would like for them to sell the rights to James Bond. Explain yourself. They are constantly in financial troubles, MGM. Mm-hmm. They're constantly on the brink of folding and going under. Indeed. They have obviously delayed the latest James Bond. Um, the it's, I, I, I let's get Bond into safer hands. Okay. Not saying change anything about the James Bond franchise, but let's get Bond into you know a, a safer environment to continue on. Interesting. I can support that. Uh, you know, I like Bond. I don't like the direction it's taking, but. I do want it to be safe because I want it to be around and survive the current sickness that's ailing it and then return stronger. Um, I like that. That's interesting. That's interesting. What's your first wild card? My first wild card is actually a universal appeal to gaming systems. Okay. Playstations, Xboxes, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I want this year to ring in more cross-compatible gaming, cross-platform compatible, and cross- uh, and backwards compatible, all right? Because they're not going to lose money. So, you know, the argument was, we're building a company, we need to make money, we need to keep people buying the next thing. You've built your brand. There's technology that the PS5 can do, that the PlayStation 4 can't. The big thing about PlayStation 3 was the Blu-ray. Now no one cares because no one buys DVDs, all right? But 
so you're going to buy the next thing because you feel like you have to. You're not going to lose any money if you make it backwards compatible. In fact, you'll gain a larger audience because people like me who are not going to just buy the new thing are going to wait till they find it at a flea market for 20 bucks instead of 480. I can still engage with other people and play. So now it makes it just makes sense. You, you're building a bigger audience. Well, the good news is that resolution is kind of being held up and, and kept by them because all the the Xbox, the new Xbox and the PlayStation 5, um, both backwards compatible and largely the games being made for those are all being made cross-platform. So I you're know. going to get your wish, but it might have to be, you might have to get the PS5 in order to have your wish. F. Well, I know, uh, like on the PS4, you could play w- like games like Warzone, Cold War, um, and uh, Fortnite. Like those are just a few of them that are backwards compatible. So there are a few that are. That um, is a good one. My second wild card is an appeal to the world, and I'm going to leave it at this and not get political. But Brother Teresa. I would like the world <laughs> to make a resolution that we will all get vaccinated. Yeah. <laughs> so that we could just return to normal and be done with this. This is true. That's it. That's it. That's all. I like that. Nice. Yeah. Mine I'm is. With it. I'm going to roll with that. Well said. I'm going to roll with that. Mine is less generous to the world it's my last one i I don't have any more after this uh it's really more self-serving pluto tv you familiar with this i yes i just want pluto tv i want their resolution to be that they're just going to continue just continue because i don't watch it often but once in a while i'll hit the wrong thing on my universal remote and I'll, I'll bounce out of Hulu and like it shifts me into Pluto. And then I'll end up watching something like they'll have an old Batman TV series rerun or they'll have they have James Bond movies all the time. Just a, a James Bond channel. And yes, there's commercials, but it also reminded me of like a simpler time. And I, I was like, you know what? I remember this. This is nice. And I want them to continue to be a thing. I like it. That's a good one. You probably should have said yours first. (laughs) Yes, that's that's probably true. I I know I gave you a tough follow-up, but it just needed to be said. Um, But I like yours. I I like, you know, uh, I I don't like commercials, but I like the thought of a James Bond channel. Um, Okay, so we both gave each other suggestions as as we do every week um you watched the television series harley quinn on hbo max i watched the movie a throwback midnight run starring robert de niro yes um i think i will start us off this week with our recaps please do so midnight run good movie Enjoyed it. Um, I had some notes, 
One was that it was a great setup. There was like right off the bat, you get a lot of issues that Robert De Niro has to navigate and a lot of people going after him. So essentially the, the, the movie is about um, Robert De Niro's character. He's a bounty hunter um, and a, a bail a, a bondsman is is missing a guy and he needs him to to be caught within you know a, a couple days um and he was an accountant for the mob this the, the guy who needs to be caught um and he stole a bunch of money from the mob and gave it away that's a nice conceit where it's like okay so he's after a criminal and there's a lot of criminal talk, but it's also like he took the bad guy's money and did something good with it. Right, right. So then there's that aspect. So like that's a battle right off the bat that De Niro's got to play with because it turns out that the same mob that he stole from was the one that ran Robert De Niro out of his job as yeah. a cop um, previously before becoming a bounty hunter. So, you know, you've got the mob involved that are after this guy, Robert De Niro obviously is you have the bondsman sending a second bounty hunter going after this guy. You've got the FBI that's, that's going after him. And that's all in the first like 15 minutes of this movie that you find all of this out. A lot of um, action. This was a long movie. Surprisingly long, surprisingly yeah. long. There was a lot going on. Like there was always uh, like changing dynamics. There was a ton of stuff going on in this movie. Um, sometimes for the good, sometimes it was like a little like, okay, I don't know if this was necessary um, because it's basically like he keeps changing hands. You know, it's like, he's with this guy now he's here and he's yeah. over here. Um, the music was great. I loved it. It was very eighties, very eighties guitar riffs and the saxophones and, and stuff like that. That was great. Um, apparently it was like, you think that people have an easy time, um, stealing people's identities in this day and age with computers and everything way easier back then. It just took a phone call and you could just that steal was... someone's identity just no problem that was something right yeah that was that was crazy and the other thing is that apparently it's really easy to knock people out yeah just one kind of slap across one the face quick, the amount of times someone gets knocked out in this movie i double digits double digits and severe dane bramage that was, it, there's no way they make it out okay yeah yeah, yeah. um but yeah, good movie. I think a knock for me was that it was a little long. Um, I kind of felt like um, I kind of felt like I wanted to see. I don't know if this is blasphemy because this isn't a movie that I've seen prior, but I would have liked to seen a different uh, actor in the role of the the accountant i know charles groden groden yeah played him interesting i thought he was just fine like i didn't feel the relationship between his character and robert de niro's character until yeah. the end i thought they could have had a someone with a little more star power in that role 
and it would have elevated the movie more. Okay. I could see that. Um, His stick too is that he's kind of dry. Of course. Yeah. Um, But I, it it was kind of like, it was basically uh, bounty hunter planes, trains, and automobiles. Yes. It was bounty hunter planes, trains, and automobiles, which is a movie I know we both love. And, and I think that was one of my suggestions for you. Yes, it was. So uh, the other thing is, what is your feeling of, of Robert De Niro in a role like that? I mean, he's, he can do anything. Right. I feel like. Like he was really successful at that. Yeah. Like he can do anything. He was he, being him, yeah. but it was just in a different, at, with a different atmosphere around him. Yes. And I feel like he was more successful at comedy in that movie than he's been recently. And I think it was because it was more, the comedy was more subtle. Whereas recently they've been trying to put him in like overtly funny stuff. Right. And his funny comes from being like, I'm Robert De Niro. Look at the situation I'm in. Yep. And just being himself, you know? So yeah, nowadays it's more of like, oh, I'm old. So this is supposed to be funny as opposed to like him just being Robert De Niro in crazy situations. Like a great thing was um, meet the parents. Mm-hmm. He was funny and meet the parents. Yeah, right. Good because it was not over the top. Right. He was being Robert De Niro as a right. parent. And then as it went on, meet the Fockers, little Fockers. It it got more overt, and it got a little less like, come on, yeah. Yeah. Like I found I found meet the Fockers hysterical. Because I think Dustin Hoffman and Barbara Streisand might be comedic genius as a team. But the De Niro stuff, like they, I think they tried to make him more outrageous. They should have kept him in his, in what was working, you know, yeah. but either way, I'm glad you liked it. I was, it's a really good one. A, an unfound gem, I think. Yeah, I agree with that. Mm. Um, let's, what, what were your thoughts on Harley Quinn? I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And my thoughts on Harley Quinn are these. I I love it when I watch something and realize as I'm watching it that that I wanted it, that this is what I wanted and didn't know it. Mm -hmm. Like they gave me something I've been waiting for, looking for, longing for, but didn't know how to ask for. And so Harley Quinn, HBO series, cartoon, two years old now. They've, they've been given a third. Kaylee Cuoco as uh, the titular Harley Quinn. Um, a lot of great actors in it. But before we talk about actors, uh, let me go over why I think it works. Okay. I think it works because the best and most successful uh Batman cartoon is Batman the animated series. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now there's been a lot. And uh like for example, Diedrich Bader was in Batman Brave and the Bold, which was a good cartoon. Uh he reprises his role as Batman in this show, although he's not in it a lot because it really is kind of centered on Harley Quinn and her team. But Batman the animated series was Animation at its finest, uh, it revolutionized the industry, which has completely changed. Now everything's done by computer. Then it was actually drawn. They drew 
the the characters on black construction paper and drew them with color. So it was right. actually working in reverse as opposed to starting with a white sheet and create adding the color. They drew everything on a black piece of construction paper to create that tone of like the darkness and it's very serious, but it's also a cartoon. We're going to have fun at times. We're going to be a little ridiculous. We're going to have seasonal episodes that are totally outrageous, but we're also going to have um, death in the family. We're also going to have the Joker, the Joker kill, spoiler alert, Robin. You know, that actually happens in Batman, the animated series in the 90s when you've got children on Sunday morning watching it. <laughs> and so I and I like it when a, a, a cartoon doesn't condescend to its audience. It's like, yes, we're, we're children, but I can like I, I feel like I grew up watching that show, like not I grew up watching it, you know, because it was there when I was a kid, but I grew up as I watched it. It gave me things to think about. It yeah. used adult language, not cursing like we're going to talk about in Harley Quinn, but adult language, like real words, more than two syllable words. They could use a word like delicatessen and know what it means, you know, like real interesting <laughs> right. things. So I feel like Harley Quinn captures all of the good of Batman, the animated series, even the animation is similar, is similar. And I've been waiting for that. They've taken all the good and they've added adult content. They've basically given me a sequel to Batman the Animated Series. I was a kid, now I'm an adult. It's like, what is that show when I'm 30 years old? Harley Quinn is that show when you're 30 years old. And it works it works it is filthy um they they do curse often i have no problem with that in fact you know like we're recording this on my birthday and probably the greatest gift the cosmos gave me was that uh the history of foul language de debuted on uh, netflix right. so uh, today um but it's just it, it doesn't condescend to the audience, the the and I, I did mention this to you because I couldn't wait till we recorded the opening uh, thirty seconds of the first episode. I had to rewind because I was like, "No, no, they didn't say that. That right. wasn't what they said, right?" Yep. And so let me preface this by saying, "This is what the show said, not what I said." The show. I may opens, take this out. Well, the first <laughs> thirty <say> seconds. <laughs> the first thirty seconds is. <laughs> is like a bunch of rich white dudes on on a boat on a yacht and they're like you know they've got a pile of money and they're talking about you know they're like oh he's about to give a toast and he's like my fellow you know crewmates and blah 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 and fellow whites and i'm like what did he just say my fellow whites so i rewound and he did then i did a second rewind because five seconds after he says that he says the line, and I'll clean this up so we can leave it in. He says the line, um, you know, we're here to celebrate our two favorite pastimes, sailing and screwing the poor. And then <laughs> I had to rewind because I'm like, no. So this, this show is tackling real issues. It's tackling uh, misogyny, okay? 
It has, you know, like misogynist characters that are shown to be ridiculous. It's tackling um, abuse of the poor. It's tackling abuse by, uh, it's tackling white privilege. It's tackling abuse by um, the, the wealthy business owners. It's, ta- it's tackling a lot of real life current issues in a way that's accessible, that you can laugh at it, realize why you're laughing at it, and and digest it and also have a good time so you know i think it's a lot of praise for a cartoon but it really is for what it is it's excellent like if you appreciate what it's doing what the writing is doing and and if you see beyond the curses and all that like what they're what they're masking with the language is real like real issues that, like that could actually be a real like a live action show where they're dealing with real life issues so i i love it i'm halfway through i'm actually completely through the first season i'm about to start the second one um just tremendous just tremendous but let's talk real quick because i know i know i went on a lot about this but kudos to um alan tudyk who is amazing and everything alan tudyk from firefly really uh pi- you know pirate Steve the pirate from Dodgeball. Yep. And then um, moves into the Star Wars world playing the robot. I forget his name from Rogue One. Tremendous job. Very funny. Excellent at voices. He plays several characters in this, does an amazing job. Uh, Tony Hale, best known for um, Arrested, Arrested Development. Development. Veep. Veep. He plays a misogynist character that has to rehabilitate his image because he was a jerk. And he's, and he plays um, Dr. Psycho, who is a, a, a physically small man, which is funny that they make him a misogynist because that's, you know, it's a small man that acts that way towards women. Uh, and I, I like that dynamic. His voice is pitch perfect for what they have him doing. And then just finally, uh, to, to run through them quick, Jason Alexander, George from Seinfeld, amazing job playing an old Jewish character. And he really leans into the voice. And it's just so funny. Chris, Christopher Maloney plays Commissioner Gordon, who is unlike any Commissioner Gordon we've seen live action or cartoon. He's so funny. He's like basically just falling apart. And every time he's on screen, it's it's genius. He's, he's falling a very apart neat, and madly in love with Batman. Madly in love, like really, like a bromance that's one-sided. And Chris Chris Maloney, amazing job. Wet Hot American Summer. Uh, he he's he plays like a, a psycho chef at the camp. Um, he's been in you know all the SVUs and criminal victims unit burn victims unit larson victims unit victims we don't care about units i don't he's from one of those and does an amazing job jb smooth jb smooth is frank the plant yes frank the plant yeah oh he is in curb your enthusiasm probably his best known role he's got guest stars in everything i love his character uh is a one-off in the league but he plays frank the plant which is for for those people listening is audrey two okay so if you've ever seen 
um, Little Shop of Horrors, there's a, essentially a Venus flytrap from outer space that eats people and sings and does everything. That's what that's modeled after. So they intentionally modeled, because now I've done reading on the show, they've intentionally modeled Frank the Plant after Audrey too. Um, and it's just genius. He is hilarious. Every line lands. He's a perfect foil to, and this is the last thing I'm going to say, Poison Ivy. Poison Ivy, often not done right. Lake Bell voices Poison Ivy and might be the perfect tone for that character. I would almost like to see her do a live action uh, Poison Ivy because she's just pitch perfect. Like she's great mellow partner to Harley Quinn's manic craziness. Lake Bell, you know her from It's Complicated. She was in No Escape with um, Owen Wilson. Uh, she's been kind of crazy characters. She's been mellow characters. She had a stint in Boston Legal, which is where I discovered her. Just really excellent. I love the show. Can't say enough about it. Great, great pick. Maybe my favorite pick so far for our Ow. season of uh, it's, it was Joel Stream. I also, while, while you're giving cast shout outs, I think Kaylee Cuoco I, shocks me that she does the Harley Quinn voice so well. Perfectly. Um, and uh, I don't know if you, he's in like little parts, but in this, he, he's the voice of King Shark, Ron <laughs> Funches. King oh. Shark, he might be my favorite voice of all of them because he's got such a like sweet, like, yeah, um, kind of docile voice for like a giant shark man. Yeah, for what's and going it's on. Like it's pitch perfect. Um, so I'm gl- I'm I really glad can, you, you liked it. I really love it. And can I give a shout out to Bane, who yes, they are spoofing uh, Bane from the Dark Knight movies you know from batman uh the chris nolan movies and it's so he's just like a big softy like he kills people and he's crazy and there's a lot of blood in the show and everything but he's just like he gets beat up on verbally and then just kind of under his breath is always like i'm gonna blow up whatever it is it's like he put money on he put money on the Steelers to win. You'll love this, AJ, Steeler fan. Yeah. He, he bets on the Steelers to win playing at Gotham Stadium. And they lose, and everyone's laughing at him. And, and he just under his breath puts his head down. He's like, I'm gonna blow up Gotham Stadium in that <laughs> voice. And then throughout the show, there's different things where he's at a bar mitzvah. And people are, you know, somebody said something nasty to him, and he's like, I'm gonna blow up the ballroom. And, and he just like He's such a big softy. It's so funny. It's just so funny. So excellent. Shall we make some suggestions for this this week? I think we shall, sir. Do you want to uh, go? I've talked a lot. You want to cut it up and jump, Let me, jump in? Yeah, I'll go. I So I have a couple in mind. I have one in particular that I think fits the new year interesting i think it's you know we kind of talked about resolutions 
and things like that, bettering oneself. Um, and so that's kind of what this movie is about. I think there's a fair chance that you've seen it already. Interesting. Um, it came out back in 2006. It stars Will Smith. Smithicles. And his son. Oh, no. Jaden Smith. But uh-huh. not in like one of those karate kids. The Pursuit of Happiness. Oh, I have seen it. Okay. And I I'll say this then. to you. I'll say this while you're pivoting. Um, that might be the only acceptable acting performance of Jaden Smith. Yeah. That movie, the, the scene where he, spoiler alert, gets the job at the end just makes yeah. me cry every time. Yeah. So good. Makes, makes me cry. Absolutely beautiful. Uh, uh, Jaden Smith is a scourge on the film community and and the world viewing experience. Okay. Jaden Smith's been in a total of three movies, and, all, all as a child. Um, correct. <laughs> anyways. Um, okay, so I'm going to pivot. Scourge. And I'm going to kind of stick with the theme because I want to, I have on my list a TV series, but I just gave you a TV series. So I'm going to go with a movie and um, it does fit the theme of the theme of subpar child actors. No, no. Oh, okay. Of, of like, you know, bettering oneself and, ah. and stuff like that. Um, it's a recent release. Interesting. It just came. It came out, I believe, last month. It released to Amazon Prime. Okay, it is free to stream on Amazon Stream-y. Prime. Nice it stars Riz Ahmed. I don't know. He played. Um, he played the. I guess he was kind of like the bomb guy in Rogue One. Okay. He was in a show called um, The Night of, which was a big hit. All right. Um, this is a movie called Sound of Metal. Sound of Metal. I have not seen it. Okay. So this is basically going to be his like big, probably Oscar nomination uh, movie. Yeah. Um, this is going to be a borderline nomination for him this year. Ready? I would imagine he gets it because of... The, the lack of movies that came out, but also he did really good. Um, it's about he's a drummer who loses his hearing. Oh, okay. Um, and so he's also an addict, a former addict. And when he loses his hearing, he needs to go to a rehab to make sure that he doesn't fall back into his addiction because of the loss that he's experienced. Um, And it's about him adapting to not being able to hear anymore. Um, And it's, you know, it's, it's a serious film, but it's a, it's really good. It, by the end of it, they kind of bring it all home. I'm not going to spoil anything, Um, but he's musical. He's losing his hearing. I think it was really good. I think you'll, I think you'll enjoy it. All right. I'll take that. I 
have a movie I think you will enjoy. I deliberately picked something fun, something offbeat. Okay. Because I was watching Harley Quinn all week. So I wanted something action-y, something fun, something offbeat, something that you probably wouldn't watch when you first pass it, but you'd be happy you watched um, when you like, you know, you woke up and you're like, ah, it's early. <laughs> what am I going to do? And you click it and then you're like, why didn't I see this when it first hit? It is a movie called Mr. Right. I don't even know if I've heard of it before. So it is free to stream on Netflix. Okay. So it truly is all a stream. Um, stars, and I feel like this is all I have to say. Stars, one of I my favorites because he is an all-around utility actor. He can do absolutely everything. Comedy, drama, fun. He's been in the Marvel world. He's known Sam Rockwell. Okay, yeah, I, I love Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell just hits it out of the park in this movie. Long story short, he is... He meets uh, Anna Kendrick, cutie, also brilliant actress, and kind of uh, is a little wacky, is a little crazy, takes her home. She's thinking to herself, you know, what did I get myself into? But he's so interesting. I want to hang out. And he happens to be a gun for hire. So there's a bit of a uh, there after him. He's after people but he doesn't want to tell her there's bullets flying. He's trying to make up stories to mask it from her. The stories are funny and he's got to resolve his disagreement with the cartel before the end of the film and, or before he's killed. I'm in. Yeah. You're going to love it. Sounds Sam good. Rockwell. Aces. All right. I'll, I've got a good one. If, Oh my goodness! Yeah, let's get another let's get you involved. Let's see. Let's let's get another um, suggestion in. Another here. county heard from. This one could actually probably be described the same way as the one my uncle uh, described. You probably didn't see it when it first came out, but um, you, you'll be glad you did. It's uh, Becky. It's. Um, Starring Kevin James as a bad guy, and it's basically Die Hard uh, with art supplies. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it, it is. It, You've piqued my interest. It's supposed to be like they don't play it funny, but Kevin James as like a neo-Nazi bad guy, it's, it's funny. You, you can't, yeah, you can't help but laugh at it. I like it. Well, if it is readily streamable, I uh, we will check it out. I think it is. And it's for terrible. you, now you have to watch the Lord of the Rings. Movies. I know. Have to watch the Lord of the Rings. That's it. On. You gotta watch. Them. Gotta watch it. And they're long. Oh, I know. It's gonna take you a while. And when you think they're over, they're not. They're they not. come back for six more. So good endings. I've sat through like four hours of one of them. I yeah. I know. 
Oh, yeah, but you watched one of the Hobbit ones, I'm sure. You got to watch the originals. That's true. The Hobbit originals are are legitimately great. Um, they do a good job. That does it for us for this week. First, we want to thank our special guest today. Thank you, AJ, for joining well us. This was a blast. Asset. Um, thank you to the couple Academy. of listeners that we have. AJ is one of them and happens to be on the show this week. So that kind of, I don't know how that's going to work. Um, we picked up another one. Uh, one of my friends is listening, but largely because he broke his leg. Well, you and know what? Shout out to him. Get well soon. Um, if you are new to the podcast, please like, subscribe, wherever it is you're listening to. Leave a nice review. Um, Neil happy birthday you, Thank you also are you also host our podcast on your website glued to the screen that it's is true. glued the number two the screen.com um i think that does it for us neil what do you have to say to the people stream on everybody stream on